You are listening to After Sunday, a Vintage Church NOLA podcast hosted by lead pastor Dustin Turner. After Sunday is focused on helping you live the gospel, serve the city, and be the church Monday through Saturday. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to After Sunday. My name is Dustin Turner, and I serve as the lead pastor of Vintage Church. In the life of the church, Sundays are important, but not everything happens on Sunday. Life happens Monday through Saturday. So my hope is that this podcast inspires and equips you to live the gospel, serve the city, and be the church after Sunday. On this week's episode, I am excited to be joined by my friend and fellow vintage church pastor, Mark Anthony Thomas. Mark serves as our arts pastor, and one of the reasons that I wanted to have Pastor Mark on is to discuss worship. This past week, we kicked off a new five-week series that we're calling Level Up, looking at the last five psalms, Psalm 146 through Psalm 150. Each one of those psalms begins and ends with hallelujah, praise the Lord. And so what I wanted to do was uh, talk to Pastor Mark about worship. He's the one who leads us in song the most, and as his friend, I know that Mark embodies worship all the time. So, Mark, thanks for joining me. Hey, what's up? I'm happy to be here. Okay, so let's jump in. Very simple question that we think we have to start with. How would you define worship? Yeah, um, I think that's pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, just probably like a deep reverence or admiration or adoration for something or someone. Specifically, hopefully, God. <laughs> okay. So a deep adoration, reverence... For someone or something. Yes. Okay. Let me ask you further, what does that look like? Ooh. Um, so let's put it in like some um, normal layperson uh, things. Um, I have friends who like love basketball, but like they don't just love it. They watch it. They know the stats. They go to the games. They got the gear. They uh, know where people are going to be. There's a lot of things going on for me. Uh, music, I can almost tell you um, uh, particular artists, like where their next location is, um, their favorite songs, the songs that no one ever knows. I usually probably would. Um, I can play them as well. And so it's like a, a deep dive into something that you really, really enjoy, and not just on a surface level, but like uh like some stuff that nobody else would know you would have to do your research to know okay that's some that's some good stuff so that's worship going a little bit deeper in that reflecting on scripture what are some of the lessons on worship that stick out to you as important there's a bunch and i think me coming from uh uh background that's particularly um an african american church and then being here is and and also working at the Episcopal Church, I have a very a wide viewpoint sure. of what that looks like, and I've seen um, I've seen I, I've seen uh, different cultures worship in different ways. Some I thought were lackluster, but also coming from a person that came came from a very exciting uh, exuberant church. And then I seen some that was like, man, I wish I knew the intimacy of, of being a worship like that. And so um, I think some things that I, well, one thing that I think the scripture reflects is uh, wholeheartedly is uh, spirit and truth. Now, 
correct me if I'm wrong, I think this was like the Samaritan woman when Jesus said, like, give me a drink. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, John 4. Yes, thank you. Okay, I knew it was John. I didn't know which which chapter just yet. I'm joking, though. Um, but yeah, and I and he literally told her, like, those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. So I think breaking that down, uh, your spirit is like the very thing that, like, um, the passionate part, right? So I think to worship God, there has to be a passion and a desire for for God. And then we have, like, the truth part, like, and the truth is, what does his word say who he is? And so I think one big thing that I think a lot of people miss uh, sometimes is, like, knowing what that is and what it looks like. And so while tr- you can, wor- and, um, and it's true, you can worship without with having one without the other, but does it really glorify God? No. So if I'm worshiping in spirit um, without truth, it's basically an, an emotional roller coaster. I feel the feels, I get the high, and once I'm done with that, the moment is over. But then I could also worship God in in truth, but no spirit. So now it's like I'm doing this for because it's moral. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do, but I'm joyless. So both of those together, they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, I don't think you should have one without the other. Um, but that's one thing I believe like what worship should be. That's also a command of us to, uh, in, in, in our Psalms, right? We always say, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, right? Uh, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's more than just a, a, a song. It's more than just a hand clap. But I feel like worship involves like your entire being, your your entire body, your mind, your your hands, your feet, your your movements, your your voice, you know, your heart. So it's, it's, it's a bunch of like, yeah, it's a lot of things that kind of goes into play. And I think once we understand that... Um, the experience and uh, the the reasons for why we worship and just our, our, our revelation of God and who he is just starts to grow and our passion for him too. Okay. You and I spent time brainstorming for the current series, and we, we knew that we wanted to, to teach from those five psalms, and we were kind of processing what are we going to call this, what do we want it to be about, and it was your idea <laughs> to call the series Level Up. Why did you want to do that? So, give you a little backstory. So, when um, a few years ago, I actually, uh, former pastor John McCann and I, with some friends, we went on a, a worship con. Uh, we went to a, on a mission cruise to, I believe, Jamaica. And at the time, I'm not sure if, we, if that number has surpassed, but it was the largest mission cruise ever in the world and um what was beautiful about this cruise was there were so many people from all different kinds of christian backgrounds styles of worship denominations and um but i will say this cruise changed my entire life um and i think if i could even rally up my friends who were there with us uh, all of us, I think our knowledge and passion about God just grew a little deeper. We saw people in intimate places with worship. We saw people um, uh, crying out on the floor. We saw we saw deliverance. We witnessed prophecy. We, uh, I mean, at one point we were literally in the in the the cruises a uh, little I guess theater for more than two hours and even realized that we were just so deep. Like it was it was 
something I've never, ever experienced in my life. And so when we talked about this, um, I, uh, when I reflect on my own life, I leveled up uh, in that cruise. I had to have been at least 19 or 20 years old. Something something clicked. And um, I just I just had a passion for God that just never went away. And, and it grew. And even there are times when I wanted to be like, I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to do this. Um, I Yeah, so something clicked. And as a result of me being obedient to those to, uh, to that moment, um, I think my life changed for the better. Uh, at this and, and out to the, and at that season in my life, I finished my first year of college and I couldn't go back because uh, financial uh, financial reasons. And so I just was lost. I just was physically I was there, but I, my mind was in different places. I was always worried. I was anxious. Uh, somewhat depressed because I watch all my friends go to college and live their life, and I'm just at that point work. I just found a job at a coffee shop. Uh, I, I was on the verge of losing my voice because I just couldn't maintain that kind of environment. So yeah, I was in a different place, and that cruise uh, leveled me up. And I think that's where my strength and trust in God um, increased because I just seen. I've seen his work uh, all throughout that entire cruise. It was so many different people, denominations, and yeah, so level up. Uh, that's where it came from. I, I thought about that when we talked about this. Uh, my life literally changed from that moment. So you leveled up your praise. And I leveled up my life. There you go. No, I'm sorry. God leveled that's right. up my life. So you've already mentioned this. Uh, you grew up in the African-American Full Gospel Baptist Church. You've led music at an Episcopal church. Now you serve as the arts pastor here at Vintage Church. How have these experiences been similar? How have they been different? What have each one of those taught you about worship? Ooh, that is a big question. Um, I actually did not think about this question, going to be honest. <laughs> Should be a fun answer. Right. So, cool. So let me think. Um how are they similar? Um, for me, gathering with other believers and worshiping is, for me, is the equivalent of like a, a football game or like a basketball game, any kind of gathering of like, like, like-minded people. Um, it's, it's naturally, and, and, the, and so let's take the, the, uh, the spiritual side out, out of it right now, mm-hmm. right? If I go to a football, it's edifying. I know I'm getting, I'm getting more knowledge. I'm connecting, uh, in a sense, I'm networking, um, and there's a, a joy and a presence that's there um, that cannot be uh, uh, compared, comparable. It, it, it's not comparable, right? So, um, and so that's the first thing. I, I enjoy that fully. So I think that was the beautiful part about about being at Greater St. Stephen. Uh, Trinity Episcopal and out here. Um, also, was saying the same as people. I love people. People are hilarious. If I had a camera out every time the the crazy stuff happened around me, I could go viral. I could be a reality star. Like I can, yeah. Like I, I like church is is one of the funniest places ever. Also, what I love about uh, church is. Um, it's the only place you can mess up over and over and over again. <laughs> and no one's going to say, you can't do this anymore. 
They may put you on sabbatical, right? Grace. Right. Grace, grace. grace. There you go. Now I'm saying, so I, I think that's the beautiful part. I've seen all this in all three places. And um, it's a reminder that uh, the church should not, and really wholeheartedly is not like the world. Um, I think there are moments when that happens, but uh, but we're all growing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's different? Um, so... Hmm. What's different and also what I love at the same time is that Greater St. Stephen was a really um expressive church. But you know, African American people are very expressive people. So we had our flags, right? We had our tambourines, we had the organists, we had the lead guitar, we had the drummers, we had the praise dancers, we had the mimers, we had all this extra stuff. I'm I'm amazed. Of the that the mimers, yeah, you know John was. A I mimer. know he's told that story before. I'm just amazed. <laughs> it was it was it was cool, and um and and but you know what? But and a, a part of me was like, why do we have all this other stuff? But I realized too, it was truly all for the glory. It was another way of just giving praise to God, right? And so um all these creative outlets to make that happen, I, I'm always amazed and impressed by it. Um, art too as well. Um. And so I think that's what I I, I loved about uh, greater like being really really the ability and freedom to be expressive without being judged was also the on the flip side and uh, not necessarily here but even uh, the Episcopal Church it's also like a side of uh, just quietness right and so I think. Growing up, I always thought like, oh, the spirit's not there if no one's like jumping up, right? Or no one's there. But also, as I matured and got like got to know God, right, being in His Word, I also realized, oh no, like sometimes it's a loud praise, and sometimes it's a quiet one, and sometimes it's a hand lifted, and sometimes it's a a, a, a knee bowed, uh, uh, sometimes it's you know just tears, tears mm-hmm. of joy. I don't know, right? So, and that's what I think. Uh, branching out from that taught me like I shouldn't define what a move of God looks like based on um how uh, big someone's praise truly is or, or it seems um how are they different yax maybe yep how are they so that's, that's well, you mentioned it, yeah. expressive quiet, quiet reserved yeah um, and what's the last part? I'm sorry, I forgot the last Just part. what have these things taught you about worship? So you oh. mentioned some of that. Oh, yeah, I mentioned some of that, yeah. And also, I think um, on, uh, I guess on a, this is a more, more on a theology side now, um, I think, and oh, really a cultural side, but just how different cultures, um, their... Um, the dependency on God too. I feel I, uh, somewhat feel like uh, black church is super expressive because of the truly like the need for God, like um, just with past race relations, slavery, all that stuff. And I think uh, so. The perspective about God is like, oh, I need God, right? Um, comp- compared to, I think sometimes, and it's my opinion, uh, sometimes it's from a uh, uh, looking from the white viewpoint, it's almost like some, it can feel like sometimes, oh, this is the right thing to do. So I'm here. 
It's just the moral thing to do. So I'm here. So it's not that more. So I need God, but it's just like God is sovereign. So, so I think, yeah. And, so and both are right. And both are right. Yes, exactly. And that's the beautiful part. Yeah. Too is like, that's just like so when we get like like I like gospel songs are more so on a like I I need God right uh I need your presence uh come down on me converses if I look at oh hymnals it's almost like no just because he's God that's why I'm worshiping like mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like a um uh yeah it's, it's not a, a big not not that we don't need him but is it more so God is God and that's the reason why and this is like God is God but I need him and that's my reason why too so. Yeah, I think I think, but like that's the beauty of it all because I can see both perspectives. And as I mature and grow, I'm like I appreciate it more and more. Honestly, yeah. Okay, and we'll probably come back to that at the end a little bit. I wanted to personally ask you this, and I think maybe some of the cultural things you've talked about is part of your answer, but just why you love to worship, because I think I want people to understand. That And I think they see it when they see you leading in worship, that this isn't like you're not up there because you're like getting paid or it's your responsibility. All those things are true, mm-hmm. but it's truly genuine. And and if people would ever uh, there was a day. What day was that? It was a few weeks ago. What were we setting up for? Oh, we were setting up for uh, fill the fridge and uh, a little. Side note, we were all working, and you were dilly-dallying on the piano. But for an hour, you were just playing on the piano. And I take that. I mean, I wish you would have gotten down. But anyways. Well, you said we had, you know, two days. So I was like, okay, I'll take my time. But I, I, I see that as, like, you genuinely just love to worship. Like, there doesn't have to be an agenda. There doesn't have to be a, a, another reason other than... I just want to worship God. So I was just curious, from a personal perspective, your response to why do you love to worship? Um, I'll say this, uh, and just to get this out of the way, too. So, like, even if I couldn't sing, I still would. Um, And I'm thankful for the gift. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think even playing piano, um, I never asked for that gift. I never wanted it. Never had a lesson. I just no, according understood. to you, you're not a piano player. I'm not. A, I'm not a pianist I, at all. Um, I will never claim that. But truly, it's it's, it's a gift. Um, I don't even. I think my mom and dad were like surprised when they when they realized, oh, you you can play piano. Like when did this start? Seriously, like um, my, my my dad was like super duper surprised when he realized that like I could play piano. Um, but like, but I think even if I didn't, I couldn't do any of that. I still would, mainly because, like, truthfully, um, I've I've honestly just seen God work. Um, I've seen what it's like to be obedient, and and it pays off. Uh, but also, truthfully, the, uh, and the other part of that is too, um, just knowing His Word. I think I think that's that's the big part. Um, and, and really, Delvin, you know that uh, the Bible says uh, faith comes by hearing, uh, right? So, mm-hmm. and so, again, there are times when I I don't want to sit through a sermon. Go, like, I'm human, right? Like, I don't want to sit through another church service. I don't want to, you know, hear a, 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 a preachy podcast, right? But, but also at the same time, just finding God in everything, you can't help but surrender to that. Um, 
I went to Loyola, um, and like there's like I think maybe seven or eight Ignatius like things, and I think number three and number four was like finding God and everything. And every time I walk past in front of the library, it just always hit me like, hmm, and I'm like, okay, he's in everything. But then I realized like God's promises are like air, just breathe it in, right? They're literally everywhere. They're they're everything you see, like mm-hmm. all of this possible because of him. And the more I think I wanted to understand, like, understand that, or even just realize that God is in everything, but also, like, finding revelation in his word uh, and applying that to what I see and what I feel and what I think and hear, it's amazing. The other day I was, uh, I was, I was reading, I was reading John, not even joking, uh, in the beginning was the word, the words of the way God, the words of God. And then some way, somehow I got on to... Uh, but it's word is a lamp to my feet, light to my path. Mm-hmm. And what we're really saying is, no, God is a lamp into your feet. And he is the light into your path. And so when we say, like, his word is unchanging, he is unchanging. Sure. Or, like, when we, uh, uh, um, um, that, it was something else I was, I knew I was talking with Sam. And we were talking, and we were sa- talking about um, being faithful over, a few things, and I can attest to that because there was a time when I, I felt like I was like the underdog, like I always was present but never really picked um, to do stuff. And now, like a few years later, I'm You're like picked all the time, picked all the time. I'm, I'm picked on, picked up, you know. I'm just picked. <laughs> but I, but again, I, I've I've seen his word manifest, and so, and we got into the idea of like, and so we were just talking, and the Lord showed me like. Yeah, when you honor where you are, I have no other choice but to expand your territory because the laborers are few, but the harvest is plentiful. So, like, will you do the work if you're being faithful? Like, how much are you doing the work if you're faithful? Like, are you really doing the work? Because I want to expand this territory. I want to I wanna increase you. I want to do this. But, like, are you, are you willing to do the work? Because mm-hmm. I can't give you a harvest if there's no work being done. Yep. And, like, and when I see little, like, revelation, those little things, like, being faithful where you are, like realizing that like God is proving himself over and over and over and over. Um, yeah, I just can't help but surrender. And again, I've, I can't say it enough. I've seen the results of obedience. Um, literally stuff like I was, and even all the opportunities I get, um, to do, I'm thankful for it, but truthfully, like I, and I can honestly say this, um, they find me. But I think it's a result of being obedient. I, I never had to compromise who I am to do any of the stuff um, that I do, even with secular artists or opportunity. Or the, I never had no one ever asked me to do anything that wasn't who I am. And I don't think they ever will. So, yeah, I mean, that's really why. Like, I've, I've seen I've seen the benefits of being obedient. I've seen the benefits of understanding God's word. I've seen the benefits of of what it looks like to really worship in spirit and in truth. Um, yeah, that's the real reason why. Yeah. I think part of what I hear and what I know is that uh, it's part of that expressiveness, but I think it goes deeper to that of just you believe what you sing. Yes, wholeheartedly. I Which I, I think a lot of people would make the assumption that like, well, of course he does. But I think we live in a world where it's like you really can't, shouldn't make that assumption. Like you, you truly believe that 
everything that you're singing. You're, you, it's the it's the faith that you have, mm-hmm. right? That overflows into the worship that you perform and you lead. Yeah, I'm, I really believe God's word. Like, I'm, I I joke a whole lot about a lot of oh, things. Yeah, you have a lot of. I'm I'm serious. Twenty five percent of the time, church jokes. Yeah, only church people get. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And I'm always laughing at something, but tr- that, but that's one thing I can't weave on. Like I, I really believe God's word, like wholeheartedly. In spite, in spite of like the world could be ending right now, in my mind, He said it already. Yep. Well, and what you said earlier, I, 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 I don't want to miss, and I hope people caught it. Like the reason we can trust God's word is because it's God's word. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we. Uh, I was talking to some a church member recently about this, right? That in John one, when it says the word, you know, the word was in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus is God's word. That's part of the way that it's described. You could make the argument from John four, when Jesus says, "Worship the Lord or worship God in spirit and truth." It's Trinitarian worship. Mm-hmm. Worship the Father in the spirit, in truth. truth. Who's the truth? Jesus. Yeah, he's the, the word. word. He's the truth. So, you, you, I think that's the part of the tie is like, okay, if I believe this about God, and then this is what He says, He's unchanging. He is. Uh, uh, there's integrity in Him. Mm-hmm. Then that means that, like, if He's truth, His word is truth. If His word is truth, then He is truth. Therefore, we can trust it. Yeah. And I, that's part of like what I hear you uh, speaking and saying and believing, and I think that's part of why I love, you know, I love when I love sitting under your worship leadership um, because I, I get that. And like you know what, too, I'll, I'll say this too. Like I think what makes it even more of a of a joyful experience is I really desire for people. And to and again, not to compare it to me, but I really desire people to know to know God, like because truthfully, like I'm gonna like honestly, the things that we worry about, the things that I could worry about are always in the back of my mind. Like they may pop up every now and then, but they're minimal compared to everything else the Lord is showing me. So I just feel like yeah, like literally, like my my world could be crumbling right now. I can have a moment about it but i'm not staying in that place why i, re- I remember the word mm-hmm. right that i that you trust I, that the promises I, I trust the promises so yeah so like i may have and, and here's the thing about uh, even with like grace right the same opportunity that i might have messed up it's the same uh it, the the grace that kept me and sustained me is the same grace that i have been waiting for me too so like missed opportunities missed moments i don't believe in that I, I literally feel like if, if it's going to happen, the Lord will make that happen. Uh, um, things that went wrong, it didn't go wrong. It went actually right. Like it was a learning. And if it went wrong, quote unquote, it's a learning opportunity. It's an experience. The Lord, what are you showing me? What are you telling me? And I think when that's the response, instead of just saying, oh, this went wrong or this didn't happen or da 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 da. No, like, okay, what are you showing me? Something out there, some, there's something else out there. And you're showing me. I'm listening. What's what's up? What is it? And if he doesn't respond, guess what? Know what I'm doing? I'm just still worshiping and praising, like I just know to do. So and again, and that sounds so superficial and artificial of a response. But 
I don't know how else to say it either. Like it's that's the partially faith. Yeah. Like you have faith. You yeah. Know? I think that people I'm not saying that doubting and those sorts of things are wrong, but I think that's part of the tension is like it's hard to worship when you doubt. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to doubt. I mean, just it's like it's hard to be in a relationship if you don't trust the person, right? True. True. Okay. Last question, the one I'm most interested in, because I I really want you to be honest and share with our church. But you and I have talked a lot about worship within the life of our church and just ways that we want to see our church grow and ways that we want to stretch and we stretch one another. Um, as our arts pastor, how would you encourage and or challenge us in our corporate worship? I would encourage everyone when you're at home, find God in everything. Okay. Read his word because again, you can't, you can't, you can't participate in corporate worship if there's no personal revelation. Ooh, say that again. You can't participate in corporate worship without personal revelation. Okay. So again, if you're coming to church and it's worship time, you have nothing to say to God. That should be, I think, a reality check for you. Like yes, like there's so many things He's done. Right, you, the fact that you you got here safely. If that's literally a reason that you. Can blink your eyes yeah and you can breathe that's the reason so again little things finding god in the small things first i think is the probably the best thing like being thankful for the small thing things that you don't even think about as like a, a thing um i can I, I literally consider breathing a thing i consider being able to move a thing uh health is a thing mm-hmm. i mean praise the lord i haven't caught COVID. if anyone's grateful it's me and i've been around it a f- a lot of people who's had it, and for whatever reason, God has graced me to not catch it. So even with that, my response is, Lord, would you, clearly you want me to do more work. So I'm here for it. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, I would say, again, you can't participate in corporate worship without any personal revelation. So I'll say there's the easiest thing. I remember when I first started, I would literally find songs I like, and then I'll look up a scripture to go along with it. A lot of people, we love music. That would be a great first step. Very first step, like, you have, you have to really know who he is. Are they having a glimpse of who he is? And he he will show you, again, but you got to find him in the small things. Be thankful for the small things. And and I'll say this, too. The more, the deeper my worship life got, the better my prayer life got, too. Like, my prayers are much more, I don't want to say mature, but they're definitely, um, they're more de- they have more depth to it just because my worship life has more depth. So I think they go hand in hand. Again, I can't pray to God if I don't know who he is. And I can't sing to him if I have no idea who he is. So find him in the small things. Find time to find a song you like, find a scripture. And if that's not your thing, just find a scripture. Little, just find one. Yeah. And make that a habit. The more it's a habit, the, more, the less you got to think about it. It becomes a daily routine. And before you know it, you're walking in the promises of the Lord. I'm joking, though. But no, say, but life would, like, I think everything would just start to line up and you start to see it, see it manifest. So, yeah, that, that's my suggestion. Okay. Anything else? 
Um, that's a whole bunch of stuff I could say. Well, let's talk about, so one of the things that you and I talk about a lot and that we know is probably more of a cultural difference than anything, but just the expressiveness versus the quiet, quietness or how reservedness, whatever we want to call it. Mm-hmm. Like what's a, what's about, cause you, I think one of the things that you said that I need to hear, right. Is that the expressiveness does do something. So there's a tension where it's like, do we want people to fake it? Well, no. Do we want people to be more expressive in worship? Yes. How do we begin to take baby steps to become more expressive and it be real? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. I still think that goes back into your personal revelation. Okay. Um, again, I, th- I, think, I think in order to... I think a big thing is in order to really uh, think about relationship with God, you got to put it in the category of God was an actual person. So, which, by the way, he is. He, I, but, uh, but, <laughs> like, like <laughs> that I can see, touch, and feel like sure. right now. <laughs> um, and so, in my mind, um, how can I publicly be happy for someone if I don't know them? Or how I have minimal relationships. So, for example, if if I won a Grammy right now, in Jesus' name I will in a few years, <laughs> because you personally know me, you're going to be way more excited than someone that doesn't. Sure. Um, and so, and same, and vice versa, like, because we have a relationship. So, I think expression is like just a, a again, it's a byproduct of relationship. And again, it doesn't have to be big. It just, it could be like, and it, it varies. I, I don't want to limit. Yeah. Uh, what, we express ourselves differently with each relationship. Like, I kiss my wife. I don't kiss you. Exactly. I hope you never do. <laughs> but, 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 but here's the truth. Um, to, so, like, and, and even within that, um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, my God. Um, Wait, you threw me off. <laughs> Wait, express. Oh, but but either way it go, uh, it goes. Um, that should be a response. Sure. Whether it be big or small, that should never be a moment where I'm just sitting there looking around. So, so like even with again expression, I don't. Have, uh, it doesn't have to be this big thing. It doesn't have to be always be small either. But there has to be something, especially if we're in relationship. There's nothing my brother or mom or my any of my siblings can't do to make me not have a response to them, whether it be good or bad, because I'm in a relationship with them, compared to if I saw uh, a random person I never saw and a, and a new article popped up about them robbing a bank, I'm going to be like, oh, that's so horrible. But that's about it. Yeah. Probably going to pray for them too, but that's about it. But I'm not going to be like, oh, my God. I'll be like, oh, my God. Like, it's going to be like, oh, because I have no relationship. Yep. So, but... To any relationship in in their presence, there has to be a response. And so I think with that being out there, like, uh, I don't know if, I, again, and personally, I don't like hands in pockets, but I get it. Personally, um, I don't like sitting down. But again, that's me. But this is also a cultural thing and also a sign of respect. When I, when I see the president walks in the room, I will probably stand up naturally. He's, I'm giving honor, right? So it's, I think it depends on how you see that relationship, how you see that person, how you see 
that figure because the because re- your response will follow like mm-hmm. naturally. I think a natural response. Again, um, if if Bishop Morton walked in church right now, naturally I would stand up. There's no rule saying I have to, but out of respect, out of uh, of honor, I'm going to stand up. So when I'm in worship, if, if I can, it's in my mind. If I could do this for a person, well, yeah, it's he's here. He's here, right? The same thing with God. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fully submitted at this point. So, I, yeah, I, I just think it. It dep- like culturally, there's differences, but I think regardless, that should be a response. Yeah. We, we did this a few weeks ago. I don't know if you remember during one of the prayer times during Lent. I said, imagine if Jesus walked in the room, what would you do? Mm-hmm. Like, what would your posture be? And there's a sense in which he is present. His spirit is present every week. What should we do? And that gets to like what you were just, you were talking about earlier about personal revelation. All that. his spirit is always present. Mm-hmm. So if God is always present, then that ties into like worship is life. And Paul said it best, right? Be a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. All right. So like, you know, when we sacrifice, it would be killed. But so a living sacrifice. So like, how can you be a living? And so dying to yourself daily is a, is a thing. Yeah. Like being renewed, like renewing of the mind. It's not a one-time thing. It's a constant mm-hmm. thing. So again, these revelations, like how, how are you finding God in everything? Because that's part of the renewing of your mind part. Yeah. That's part of the living sacrifice. Like I could do this, but because of my relationship, I won't do this. Or I could say that, but because of my relationship, I won't. But instead, I, I will do this because of my relationship. I think that's a good place to end. Thank you for sharing with us. I uh, I think a lot of these things are really encouraging. I see them. I see you live these things out. And so I think for people in our church, I think it's cool for them to not only see you live them out, but hear you process some of these things as well. And so thanks for joining. Thanks for sharing. Happy to be here. If you're enjoying this content and you find it helpful, please subscribe to stay up to date. You can leave a review or share it with your friends. My desire is that what we share with you here will equip and inspire you to live the gospel, serve the city, and be the church after Sunday. Thanks for listening to After Sunday. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show, leave us a review, and share it with others. If you would like to learn more about the ministry of Vintage Church, check out VintageChurchMovement.com.